0: And welcome to Fulhamish, the weekly podcast that takes a sideways view of everything to do with Fulham FC. In fact, it has about as much direction as Reading defender Chris Gunter. <laughs> poor lad, poor lad. On the show, we'll be looking at Saturday's royal hiding as Reading was swept aside by a Fulham team that scored a quintuplet of goals for just the second time in five weeks. We'll also take stock of what's going on around us in the Championship as the busy Christmas period approaches and we'll have the reaction to tonight's FA Cup third round draw. My name's Sammy James and I cannot think of a better trio of guests to join me tonight than Farrell Monk, Ben Jarman and Jack Collins. Good, good evening, evening, Sammy. How, How are, you? are we all doing? Yeah, good. Yeah, good. very well.
2: Happy weekend. Had worse weekends.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a brilliant performance all across the park on Saturday at the Cottage. And I feared at half-time that 1-0 wouldn't be enough for Fulham, as Reading surely couldn't be any worse than they were in the first half. And incredibly, Farrell, they were.
2: Yeah, I, I'm, I was really shocked. It, it sort of reeked of Brighton all over again. We absolutely dominated that first half, and you just thought we should have put away a lot more chances than we'd than we did um but thankfully we just came out all guns blazing and reading were worse than uh, than they were in the first half and we were seemed to be even better
0: one thing though i mean a lot of people are talking about quite how bad reading were ben mm-hmm. but Fulham's style of play completely countered the way that reading have chosen to play much of this season reading kind of played the same way that they have been all season and they just couldn't really deal with Fulham's high pressing.
1: I totally agree with that and one of the stats that I saw pre-game was that Reading had had the highest uh, average possession in the championship throughout the whole season. Um, I was quite surprised that someone had firstly had more than us. How high Um, were we in that? Did you see? I didn't see but I know Reading had around 68% average possession every single game. That is incredible. And that's what Fulham registered this weekend against them which We basically fought fire with fire there. Um, It seemed as though Reading didn't know what they wanted to do when they didn't have possession, as in they hadn't been set up correctly. I just thought us compared to how we were against Brighton last week was just completely different. I mean, we were quick through transitions, we were incredibly direct, especially from wide areas, and we weren't afraid to get the ball in the box. I thought that we made them look bad. Like It was one of those ones where we set
3: up to completely nullify the threats they had, especially from... You know, we talked before the you know, we in the in the preview, we talked about the fact that their wingers were crucial to everything that's been kind of good about Reading and everything that's been sort of at the heart. And Gareth McCleary's been their top scorer at the ripe old age of thirty seven. So, you know, and he's banged in seven this season, four in the last five games. And that is
0: incredible.
3: Yeah. I put it in the in the preview, we talked about um both of us, I mean, we talked about the fact that Scott Malone versus and Gareth McCleary was kind of a key battle not just necessarily on the kind of wing but actually that if we saw Malone and Fredericks getting on top of their wingers and starting to come into the game and being attacking forces it'd be a sure sign that Fulham were in the ascendancy and I think that that's the kind of we, we completely nullified their threats mm. and their man through the middle, uh, Dominic Samuels, was completely ineffective. We dominated the midfield and we completely sort of just shut them down and didn't let them play football. On and that it...
1: point, the, the return of Fredericks, for me, over the past... He's played four games now. Um, in those four games, he's played... Um, we've averaged 2.5 points a game. Um, credit to MJG on Twitter for that point. But his inclusion... In those in those four games has been incredible. We've turned around our form completely, and we look much more of an attacking threat going forward. And the overlaps we saw, which which Jack has highlighted, um, really brought their wingers back and made them look like half half the team they were the week before. And we just look so much more. Didn't he only a, play? He only played because Adoy was suspended as well. You would think. Frederick's potentially, was that I think Fredericks brilliant. gives us so I so, like a whole new dimension, in mm. both in terms of pace and, in, and incision, just because he's not afraid to put the ball in mm. a box. And the way we're set up um, with our front four, just we over we overload the box as mm. it is anyway. So yeah. getting those balls in there quickly um, just really gives us that extra threat. His,
2: his his pace is so crucial to how he plays because he, he has that anticipation. It's very easy to actually turn around and go, um, that whole sort of Glenn Johnson kind of thing, where because he's so good going forward, he must be really bad going back when Glenn Johnson, you know, he had his faults, but he was a pretty solid defender. Um, and you can't say that about Fredericks as well, that he is really good going forward, but as a defender, he's very, very strong. Um, the amount of times, like, not just Fredericks, but also Re- the returning Ream and Um, um and Malone were able to r- get right on their first touch of all their attackers... Though their front three did not have a, like some any time on the ball mm-hmm. to even get their first touch in, the amount of times like Ream and Callas, even before their striker got was anywhere near the ball, they were able to get a toe end on it. And that's probably why Reading just could not keep up with a high-intensity football, not yeah. just at the front, not just in the midfield, but also in defence.
0: It wasn't surprising the inclusion, Tim Ream, coming into the side... My only thought is, what does Michael Mardle have to do to get a game?
3: Yeah, no, um, no, we said again, another one from the preview, that we were we were expecting to see Maddell back in side, not necessarily even before we knew Sigurdsson had an injury. It was one of those where we kind of expected Maddell to maybe get a look in after Sigurdsson's kind of here and there second half against, against Brighton. So it was, it was exciting. But I think that whole Frederick's point is, is crucial because it's the amount of times he came back across and made you know incredible challenges on the other side of the pitch and a few when they were really like looking to break and hit us at the end of the first half were just some sensational challenges and it really was like an outstanding performance
0: i thought he might have picked up an injury from one of those challenges it was a kind of a last-ditch tackle and he was down for a minute or two and i really thought given his Injury record in recent seasons. We may be seeing another one just as he's um, starting to get into a great run of form. Uh, and speaking of Ryan Fredericks, it was him that uh, played a crucial part in the opening goal uh, from Chris Gunter. Now, I've watched this back several times and I'm still not 100% sure what Chris Gunter <laughs> was trying to do. Sometimes you see your own goals like you saw Gary Cahill's against City on the weekend. You saw what Gary Cahill was trying to do. He didn't do it very well, but you kind of understood. Where was he trying to go? Was he trying to go back to the keeper? Was he trying to knock it out of play? Was he trying to hit it over the bar? It looked like he was actually trying to score. It was a clinical finish.
2: It was such a good cross from Ryan Fredericks that it put Gunter in such a terrible position that it was so fizzed in and put into that classic corridor of uncertainty that the goalkeeper couldn't cut it out. It was going so quickly across that no one had probably had time to actually shout away or you know let it go or whatever or you know head it into your own net i mean if that was an instruction that maybe the keeper gave but just gave him no chance really
3: yeah i think it might have been the sun and he he yeah. started gesturing to the sun in his eyes and it, did, it did give me a wonderful moment where it reminded me of the uh the charge of the Rohirrim in <laughs> <laughs> the Star Lula, in the Battle of Helm's Deep, where you know they all go like ah That is <laughs> a middle class football chat if I've ever seen like, one. Yeah, I'm not gonna you're not gonna hide from that reference. <laughs> it was really one of those where he was like standing on the line, like look like blocking out his eyes and Oh no, the Gandalf sun. the White is coming. <laughs> yeah, it was a huge reference. But um no. The son
0: is a Fulham fan.
3: <laughs> it really was. He was like sort of gesturing at it and, and Paul McShane was having absolutely none of it as well. <laughs> he looked at McShane, and McShane was just like no <laughs> it was like, but one of those i'm afraid but. i mean
0: gotta be one of the best own goals since uh vincent companies uh, a few years back for man city i think we ended up losing that game 4-2 but that vincent company goal mm. brought us back on level terms uh, and also Colatore. are you about to say colo toure
1: colo toure scored a brilliant own goal <laughs> against us for <laughs> liverpool um unfortunately we lost 3-2 that day didn't we to a last minute storage goal but that
0: state stephen gerrard penalty yeah, oh, was it
1: was. Penalty? Penalty. Oh,
3: yeah, it was. Was that the mm-hmm. season they were supposed to win the league? Yes,
1: yes it was. It yes. was
3: the season we went down. We cleared was, eighty-two
1: was, crosses against Man
3: United. That <laughs> was the game. That
1: was the game before Melanstein got sacked. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah,
3: and we were really good that day. Yeah, we were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we
2: were. It was. It was a last-minute penalty, wasn't it? Yeah,
0: it was. Um, it was Sasha Rita who gave it away needlessly. I think yeah. maybe against Sturridge, which may be where you're getting yes, I think uh, it was. mixed up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely think Chris Guns has certainly got on to go. Got to go into one of my favourite own goals of all time, and and yeah. then it had
2: to go on Channel Five. Uh,
0: yes, did anyone watch yeah. it?
2: I tried to
1: look for it, uh, clip for it today, but couldn't find anything. There's a brilliant tweet uh, that was retweeted onto the timeline. Not sure who who um, composed the original one, but his face is just a picture. It's, <laughs> it's brilliant.
0: Well, fair play. He
1: was he was actually very um, humble and
3: quite well spoken about it and you know fair play to him for going on because it would have been very easy to cancel that TV appearance wouldn't it but yeah I mean he was very like he was like he didn't really say much about the own goal and in fact he was the only person on the panel that was giving Fulham really any credit it was sort of one of those where everyone was like, Oh, off day for Reading, huh? And he was like, Look, for them were really good. Like they they outplayed us, they took all our strategies and they like, they nullified them. And you know, he was like, We were beaten by the better team on the day, and everyone else was like, Yeah, but a bad day for you. He was like, <laughs> They
0: <were laughs> was like, come on, to get like the
1: those guys, aren't they? Yeah, indeed. Beaten
0: but, by a better team and the angle of the sun. Um, <laughs> second half, we looked very dangerous every time we went forward. All very good goals. Uh, the one I wanted to pick up was a Lucos. Uh, there seemed to be a very m- big mix-up after his goal. Do we have any idea what happened there? The linesman seemed to think Martin was offside, even though he wasn't. But then decided he didn't interfere
3: with play, which I think he did. He so do? because I don't. I really don't think he interfered with play. I don't think he play. did.
1: From my personal opinion, obviously we're, we're all slightly biased on here, so you take this with a pinch of salt. But when Martin tries to to get hold of, or get on the end of that ball, the ball is already passed. Firstly, the keeper. So he's not interfering with his line of sight, and then secondly, it's also passed the the defender, and lastly, he doesn't touch it. Mm. Yeah. So, in all three of those counts, should make the goal completely legitimate. Well, Farrell, I know you're an ex referee slash is a referee. Failed. Maybe, Failed. Maybe did. <laughs> I wouldn't I take my, my opinions, uh, but no, I totally agree. It is that is
2: the rule of law. If he did touch it, then that would be offside, and it must be that the linesman was like, just to make sure, I'm going to flag it. I mean, it's already gone in. I'll flag it. Therefore, I'll get the referee over just to make mm. sure that that was the case. Um, if, it was, if Martin was probably five yards to the right where he was in front of the keeper, you would definitely say he was interfering with play. Yeah.
3: But he's not nice. okay. in that situation. He's behind saw, the keeper there. I saw an interesting How annoyed thing. would Luco have been yeah, <laughs> if he did oh, touch what it? what a goal. <laughs> Someone on Twitter, uh, no, the Reading, Get Reading live feed of the game, suggested that the flag was up for a foul on McShane. What? Why? Because he was what?
2: absolutely roasted by a No, no, no. <laughs> McShane, McShane. Was,
3: McShane was in the box with Martin. Yeah, oh, right. He was, okay. And he thought, they thought, I think, that Martin had slid through McShane to try and get to the ball and thus denied him the opportunity of almost trying to get back on the line. That right, is clutching weird. at the smallest that's what, straw. That's what I thought. But no, in Venice they were like, we don't think it's a foul, we think it's the right decision. But oh, right. they were like, that's what they thought he had been given for, which I right. thought was just an interesting alternative option.
0: It was a strange thing. It was almost like being at a rugby game and the TV ref was having to think about it because there was this 60-second period where we were all standing up. Is it a goal? Isn't it a goal? And then the uh, referee points his arm towards the centre circle and we go crazy for a second time. It was almost, almost like we got two goal celebrations <laughs> uh, in one. And uh, the goal before that from Chris Martin, uh, very nicely taken. Uh, another oh, Brilliant goal. Another yeah, brace for him. Almost seemed a little bit easy. He had yeah. so yeah. much time. It just clear. shows
2: how... how- terribly the reading players were just overrun um it was probably we picked up the ball in a pretty decent ish area um around the halfway line and we were just able to pass it so easily up to chris martin he was able to have time to turn and then pick his spot it was
1: a great finish to be fair but he should never have that much time at the edge of the area yeah you could say that i think for me it's just like he's he's finally we're finally clicking that's four in oh six in eight for him now Six goals in eight games. Obviously, it's a great record to have, um, and I think um, they just like we we highlighted a few pods ago. Like he doesn't score in like consecutive games. He's like fits and start of like braces here, one goal mm-hmm. there, a couple of games without a goal, and then braces here and like his brace this weekend, and then his impact on top of that is just brilliant. Like his passing, his hold up play. One thing we, that the fans were getting annoyed of him about. Last week at Brighton was that the ball wasn't sticking to him very well, so we couldn't really play up through that front line. But this week, you know, he was brilliant. Like the link up between between the all the front players was was great. Like his finishing was brilliant, especially for the mm. free kick. I thought was a nice finish. Um, I just thought all around he had a massive impact on the game. And although he hasn't received many plaudits, we have gone to Johansson and Aite so far. I thought he was one of our standout players. Mm. He pulled out those two centre-backs this way and that way. Mm. There was a few
2: points where we were winning it in good positions and he was just not going down the channel but getting to uh, the corner of the edge of the area. And he was pulling Blackett one way and the other centre-backs escaped. McShane? Uh, McShane, yeah, sorry. Um, this way and that way. That I've, I think Jamie Reid picked it up on the commentary quite well that um, I've never seen two centre-backs being stretched so far away from the actual centre of the pitch... As much as Martin was
3: doing on Saturday, they just could not handle his movement. Yeah, he has some exquisite touches. Like absolutely, I know we spoke last time about the shoulder back to Kenny in the middle of the park. He had another one this week with. Button got rushed out for a goal kick, and it was like a race, a foot race, and then it blasted up in the air into the middle of nowhere. And it's just a perfectly cushioned header back to Aite, and it was one of those sort of moments you go absolutely brilliant. Like, mm-hmm. and at the very end, where we nearly scored an absolutely wonderful little team move with some with really really intricate passing, um, it was Martin's little flick round the corner that nearly sets Aite in. And, and actually, if he continued his run, it would have been a really lovely goal. It was sort of a twelve thirteen pass move, and all really really tiny and intricate, but. It was just the little things that I think the, you don't get picked up on that he does so, so well. And his hold-up play, is him that brings Kearney into into mm. play for the first goal. Mm. And, I mean, you know, you see these things and you just sort of think, you know, no one offers that.
1: It's things like this, for me, that set him apart from McCormack. Like, the dynamism he offers. Yeah, McCormack's a brilliant player on the floor. But, like, Martin can do it in the air. Martin can do it off his chest. Martin can header it, knock it and go. And his runs are so intelligent. And I love the dynamism that him and the front four bring to our team now. And to be fair, we look much more threatening with him up front than we did with Ross. Um, I just love our interchanges now and the transitions. And And like those front four or five people have
2: such confidence in the rest, in everyone else around them, that one thing that we did lack at the start of the year and it's it's starting to come together is how crisp our passing is. Mm. Uh, And everyone's first touch is on point at the moment. I mean, it, we are on good form and, it, you know, hopefully it does last. But but all, every single one of those passes has been absolutely crisp to each other. Everyone has a confidence just to play it off and they're not really waiting whether to see the player that receives it is going to get a good touch on it. They just know and they know where they need to be next.
1: Yeah, we're so direct. We're so willing to take risks. And I think it's paying off for us at the moment. I mean, we've, how many, we've scored 14 goals in the past few weeks. And we've only scored 30 the whole season, so what's that saying for us right now?
0: Well, 14 out of the 30 goals scored have come in three different games. So the two against Huddersfield and Reading and then against Barnsley. Barnsley. So in fact, 16 out of 19 games has only been 16 goals won a game.
1: Exactly. So now we're we're starting to click with. So if if we hadn't have had that bad run after the first international break... We would definitely be up there, top six, top five.
0: Well, we're now only 11 points off Newcastle, which does sound like a lot, but really at this stage of the season. I think we're in a perfectly healthy position. Uh, just quickly going back to Chris Martin. Uh, interesting that in a couple of weeks against Derby...
3: He can't play.
0: He can't play. Well, we think No, he can't. He can't. I Is that up? definite? I looked, it, I looked it up today. Um, so it <laughs> could Got his be. contract
3: out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, potentially an opportunity for Smith if we want to play the same style, maybe with Chris Martin, although he doesn't offer the same... Uh, kind of options potentially run out for corley or potentially big stevie Humphreys. yes <laughs> <laughs>
3: i don't think that's the right <laughs> no. decision do you and think i would probably there's... play a luco up front instead and put piazza on maybe but i don't know how we'd work like that because we rely on the kind of physical presence to get the mm. ball down to our things i think i think the actual option is probably to play smith much as it as ha- yeah. much as it pains me to say it and I don't think it will be the same, but at least then you have a target man still in the box for someone like Fredericks to hit and mm. someone like Malone to hit, that if it comes back, then we can deal with it. And, you know, as we know, we're all not, you know, huge Smith proponents in this room. But oh,
0: Don't get me wrong, I think he's a lovely bloke. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. big <laughs> fan of Matt Smith in general. <laughs> I'd love to go for a pint with Matt Smith. Yes. Yeah.
3: yeah, so there's a story about how he played up front for, for Manchester University with Jack Whitehall. Um, and Whitehall was telling this story on, on some bizarre... Program or other the other day but you know it's funny how 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 paths cross i did know they were good friends
0: i didn't know it was because they played football together yeah
3: very Very interesting interesting. that's probably why jack
2: whitehall has got the link to playing those charity games maybe
0: yes actually he has cropped up in fulham charity matches and i always did wonder
3: he's also just quite good
0: well jack whitehall yeah he's,
3: he's well i mean i'm not he's not good to the point of like being you know, a professional footballer. No,
0: I'm not thinking he should be the option for Derby County. No. But
3: <laughs> he, he likes into oh, charity games. He's never. Um, he's Jack, never Jack, if, if you're listening, would you yeah. be a friend of the podcast? <laughs> come on, Jack, come on. Because he's Jack. a free agent, I suppose he'd, he'd be allowed
0: p- uh, past the transfer window. If he wants to come on the podcast, he's more than welcome. I know he's got a tour to promote. I right. do
2: totally agree, by the way, that Smith will, will play, and I do think he should play. And we did say earlier on in the podcast, uh, earlier on the season, that. Smith is actually an alright option to have as a backup. Yeah. He knows that he knows the team, he knows the players around him, and he knows
3: our style of play. TC loves him as well.
2: <laughs> they're best mates.
3: <laughs> they're literally like so close. <laughs> like, they're so happy when they score. Like, well, either of them scores, they're both like, whoo like jumping around at the corner flag. Did we all see Tom Kearney at the uh, Justin
0: Bieber gig last week?
2: No. That doesn't surprise me hey, when it's a Justin Bieber if gig. If you
0: checked out his Instagram story, he was loving it. He was, front, he was front row, about, <laughs> it, about six feet away from Justin. Maybe that, it, that caused the upturn. His, his hair
2: must have blocked a few, uh,
3: few people's views.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, he's modeled it on Justin Bieber circa 2011.
3: <laughs> the old Bieber lid.
0: We were 2-0 up, and then another key incident in the match happened. Uh, it was the red card from Williams of Reading. Now, did anyone actually see it? Because I've managed to only just about see it back on a replay, but at the time... I didn't see what happened at all.
1: Even the replay it's not particular clear, particularly clear, is it? No. In terms of Johansson kind of shuts him down in the box and sort of follows through, not massively so, and Williams falls over and then as he's on his way over sort of brings Johansson down and then his leg goes into his... Midriff. Ab- yeah, abdomen. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, looked,
0: that was my understanding of it.
3: There's only one angle that shows it, and I'm not sure if that's just because we're a championship club now that we can't get the right <laughs> angles to show things. There's only one angle, and it's kind of sort of from the dugout. Almost yeah, towards yeah, it. yeah. That's yeah, what but, we saw. Uh, what the, the only thing I thought about it was that it was one of those things where if the referee's seen the, like, stud marks, I think the only thing that we can kind of determine is the referee's gone, looked at the stud marks on, on his chest and gone on his midriff i mean and and gone there's no way that you could have got that deep into him without kicking out almost like without should a referee
1: be kicking out? yeah or that's the only
3: kind of conclusion i can come to because it was like he pulled him away and johansson went over and like lifted his shirt up and showed him what Mm. happened and then the referee made a decision so i think
2: the i think the linesman actually probably had the best view of it apart Mm. from the people in the first row of the hammersmith end and they must have had a chat about it
3: i saw it I saw a live video from the that side of the Johnny Haynes stand, mm. which uh, saw the incident. I couldn't. You, again, you couldn't tell, but everyone around the the camera viewer, at the same time, went ballistic. Like literally, like get him off, get him off straight away. So okay. I mean, they must have seen something because. I mean, I'm it, an H two, so I had a good view of it, but I didn't see. it. I was too busy watching the ball. But also, his back would have been to you.
0: So yeah, only I guess you,
3: you can kind maybe. of see it from a side on, and but they all went at the same time, which is the only thing that made me think, oh, maybe the linesman you know. must have seen something. Yeah, well, that's, that's... well, it looks just about, or um, in hindsight, like the right
0: decision. I mean, how the referee got to it, uh, I guess we'll never fully know unless he, he explains it. It's because referees are superhuman, <laughs>
3: um, There was a nice moment. I've, um, I've done a, a fair share of slating Tom Kearney as a captain in 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 my yeah. time. And, you know, there were articles about it, but I thought he was absolutely sensational on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And there was a really lovely moment a couple of times where he brought the right players away from the situation and Johansson tried to get back in to talk mm-hmm. to him and Kearney stood over and brought him away and, I'm you know, put my hands up, applaud, it's to Tom Kaney where they're due. Yeah, and, I know you know, exactly really, well. I thought that was a really nice sign that maybe he's maturing a little bit more as a captain and, and learning where he needs to make his influence felt and stuff. So, yeah, shouts out to TC. And as a player, he was incredible. <laughs> yes, brilliant. <laughs> absolutely absolutely incredible. He, he controls
0: was... possession so well in the middle of the park, doesn't mm-hmm. he? And you, he gets in situations where you think he's going to lose this. He's got too many players around him, and he just seems to find a way yeah. to make space for himself. And that is such an amazing quality Brian Ruiz
2: Brian Ruiz is the one I would draw parallels to to his performance on Saturday the way he would have like three or four players around him and Ruiz would just be able to to pick that space
1: and just find a good pass yeah Ruiz was brilliant when he was here I was very surprised that he wasn't taken to as much as he should have been just purely because of his raw talent Mm. but um obviously at the situation we were in given our Given our off the pitch standings, I don't think he was the sort of player that was going to be taken to as well as he uh, mm. as well as he should have been, just Wait. purely because he is not balls out, work rate, blood and guts, and thunder. Mm. He's a twinkle-toed, brilliant, amazing Costa Rican playmaker. Yeah.
0: Uh, are there any other players? Sorry, are there any other players that we think deserve? Singling out from Saturday. I think the whole team was impressive. Uh from Reem, who came in at the back and I was very unsure. I thought he had apart from a couple of shaky moments in the first five minutes, I thought he was fairly competent throughout. All right, the way uh to Martin up front, I thought it was um a stunning performance. Is there anyone though that you
1: think uh should be singled
0: out for particular praise?
1: I'll I'll let Jack do Stephanie Johansson. Yeah. And I mean... I'll take um I'll take Floyd Aite. Okay. I think that. His directness just adds so so much to the team. Um, the way he just torments both wing backs the whole way through the game, um, he's unlucky not to score. He, he he shoots on the goal so much, and in the in the highlights package and in the ninety minutes, you if you watch that, you'll understand how often he tests the keeper, how often he tests Reading's back line with his pace. He's not afraid to run it at people. And I love his diversity as well because he's not afraid to sit and drop into that number 10 role. He's not afraid to play off the striker. He has done that before in in France. I thought this week he was absolutely sensational, got two assists for us as well. Um, And I think when we were talking about taking those chances and being overconfident, that I think Aite sums him up. And then obviously one last quick shout out before I give it to Jack for his Johansson. Love it. Um, <laughs> Kalas just makes everyone look so much better. Um, and there's an article out at the minute on Twitter that I saw that says he's basically looking to move on from Chelsea. And if anything, we should be putting the world's emotion on that now, regardless of whether we go up or not. We should try and see if we can get him permanently.
3: Yeah,
1: 100%. Agreed. He's a wonderful, wonderful player. But, I, you know,
3: Steph Joe. A godsend, a godsend to the championship. And
0: what was that? T- what was the WhatsApp you sent uh, to us on Saturday night?
3: I sent a WhatsApp saying, "I love Stephanie hansen as a Fulham player more than anyone since Mal Bronk." Which that is bold, bold, which bold. is a bold move considering my kind of affection for Ryan
1: Tunnicliffe. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, forgot, I forgot he even existed.
3: Yeah, yeah you know mm. that's a, it's a, you know I'm a big Tanners fanboy, but I think I might have, you know I might be moving on. You know, it's, you know in, in this stage of my life where... Uh, he's over the breakup. Yeah, <laughs> I, He's just majestic in possession. Like, he really is. He looks like he has hours on the ball like every time he gets it and he offers so much And i think i think part of the reason why mcdonald has looked brilliant and again was brilliant on saturday is because he doesn't have to worry about where his next pass is going to anymore he just breaks up play and he wins tackles and then he looks and he goes right i've got johansson there and kearney there and they play off him almost like a and it does change into that kind of 4-1-4-1 kind of thing And he looks for that and he goes, right, these two players in front of me can both pick any pass on the pitch. And then he doesn't have to worry about doing that. Whereas with Parker there, you know, while Parker's a wonderful player, they would, you know, both of them would pass it and then they'd sort of pass it to each other a bit and we wouldn't really go anywhere. But it's just, it gets to Johansson and you just think, well, where's he going to spray this? And a couple of them, you know, he got the ball just on the right-hand touchdown, looked up and pinged Malone like 40 yards off or mm. pinged Aite in and it was just sublime at times and I really do. The Luca Modric of the championship is, is, is how I described <laughs> the, him a few the, weeks
1: back, but he's just so good. The he evolution really of k Max's role in this new system is, for me, it's fantastic because when you looked at him against Newcastle and in the early games that we played, it was almost as if too much was going through him. Like At any op- given opportunity, we were trying to look for K-Mac, looking for him to then pass the ball on and get it back and, and shift the possession around the pitch quite methodically. Now we're just letting him break up, give and go, give it to, to Kearney, give it to, to, to Johansson and let them run the shop. And I love the fact that he's just shielding the back four barely moving, just breaking up and distributing because those are his two strengths. And when Wolves played us last season, that's what he done so well. I believe they only had 10 men during that match, but he was the one that controlled the whole game virtually by himself. And you can see him doing that, not as controlling now because we have Johansson and Kenny, but he's someone that can control certain areas of the pitch without doing a whole lot. And he makes football look simple, yeah. And like Johansson does, and that is where you know a player is class because he's, he makes it. Look- he's certainly got now this confidence that he can pick it up in a sort of a tricky
2: area. But he has absolute confidence in the players around him that he does make that tiny yard of space and then just plays it off to them, and then is already an option if he needs it back. And it just really stems from it. it's not just him, but the confidence is going throughout the team at the moment, and. It certainly helps players like McDonald because it could be a it could be a situation where we're not performing as well, and it could st- could go back to McDonald too much. The same way that a month or so ago, when we weren't playing as well, and players like McDonald were touching the ball a lot, and therefore, when you know when he shouldn't have it as much, and Button was touching the ball too much, and therefore, he led to like the odd mistake, and therefore we we were talking about should we drop Button when it wasn't really his fault, you know.
0: it does feel like this team's come a long way since that villa game when when button touched the ball more than chris martin
3: we're not negative in possession anymore it doesn't it's, it's it all comes from that when we when we had that kind of anchor that sat together we were so negative in possession and everything seemed to go sideways or backwards. And now we look at the ball and you look, you see these players spin and go. And it just seems to be so much more fluid and like Ben was saying earlier, so much more direct and straight through. And we look like we're gonna hit teams again and again and again. And we don't look like we're we're panicking. And yeah. obviously that's not gonna work every week because Reading's the way that Reading set up was conducive to our strengths in yeah. terms of they want to hold possession and they want to hit on the break and that kind of thing. And you know, teams like Sheffield Wednesday, who are a little bit more you know savvy shall we say Mm. even if that's necessarily you know not as nice to watch they broke that up and they stopped us being that direct and and fluid and it really did hamper us at times but you know when you do get these teams that you can show that we can mix it with with the best teams in this league the reddings the brightons you know, and we've we've shown that we can dominate those teams at home, and I really, really am excited about if we can keep everyone fit and keep this team firing and continue to you know build confidence where we can go with this side.
2: It's that direct play um, that has really terrorised uh, Reading and a couple of teams recently, especially with, uh, Aite, Aluko, and Kearney. They they pick it up, and all they ever want to do is just run at their defence. We gave them not a moment's uh, rest. Aluko. Um. I'm I'm guessing uh, Jonathan Beater wants to see the back of a look. really glad to see the back of well, Salo. That's what Luke he did o. see really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um it's just something we have lacked the past 2 or 3 years the way that we can counterattack quite quite so quickly as we have been and the amount of times in the part like 2 or 3 years ago where you know they get we might be 1-0 up or we might even just be level but we just couldn't counterattack as effectively. We would get the ball into midfield and it'd be three v three or three v two and we'd just slow it down. We'd always try and sort of make, you know, not make it count as well as we should do. And it's quite actually funny that uh, Slavica at the weekend said after the game he wasn't happy with the way. Like if there was one thing he wasn't satisfied it was about that the fact we didn't punish them more. He still he actually thinks that we should have been seven eight nine nil. And he said that when he got promoted with Watford. Um, that was what he was, was really pleased about with Watford is that every time they got a chance, they scored.
0: I do believe that Slavisa could win the Champions League 9-0 um, comfortably with uh, all nine goals in the first 20 minutes and he'd still be a little bit upset with uh, one element of the yeah, play, perfect. which is what you need in a manager. You don't want someone that's just happy with uh, with a scrappy draw. Uh, let's just quickly move on to the next game. And we've got Wolves and Molyneux. Now, we've lost all four games against them in the league uh, since relegation to the Championship. Uh, they were winless in nine Uh, before Thursday's win at Loftus Road. They're now under the management of Paul Lambert, uh, who is a manager that divides opinion. Um, But certainly I think they were far more of a threat now than they would have been, say, a month ago. Potentially not as easy three points as it could have been. is a little bit of a worry. So Reading came to town. They were top of the league. They wanted to play their way. And that meant that Fulham could open them up. I can see in the next couple of games, maybe against Wolves and almost definitely against Rotherham, teams shutting up shop again and we might struggle and if we don't make that breakthrough early on getting frustrated, trying to change the way we play. Is that potentially a concern as we enter these games against uh, weaker teams going into December, all bar Derby, who are on an excellent run of form, but still, I think, far more beatable than some of the teams we've turned over this season, that we're going to have to find a way to break down these teams that are going to try and defend heavily against us.
3: We've got to remember that we're also not the same side that we were when we played Burton Albion, and, you know, that was... You know, I think that's the kind of epitome of us not being able to break a side down as such. And I think that we're not that side anymore. And, you know, I hope that you all agree with yeah, that. Absolutely. But, yeah, absolutely. You know, there are... They're still going to shut up shop and they're still going to look to defend and we still have to break that down. And we haven't seen this kind of new look side against maybe a, a, an eight-man sort of mm-hmm. defensive wall, if you will. It's funny
2: what we were saying last week about how we always seem to be playing teams on really good form or week in, week out when we have actually started hitting some form ourselves, and it's been really difficult games. Uh, Now we're playing a Wolves team who, apart from the QPR game, which sounded like they were actually lucky to get three points, even though they were facing a team down to 10 men for most of the game. We should really look to be going to that game thinking, bang on three points. I'd be disappointed with anything less than three points.
1: Yeah, I have a tendency to agree there. And I also agree on your statement, with the fact that when we do play a team that are banging form, they have a tendency to play a much more open game. Mm. Whereas if you're a team that's struggling, they obviously are looking to conserve where possible and try and pick up points um, again where possible. But for me, when I watched Wolves against QPR last week on Thursday, Wolves play a very elongated style of football, as in Fulham are very compact and they like to play within 25, 30 yards of centre-back to centre-forward. and They look to transition well. Wolves are very, very long in the amount of passes they use. Their average pass length must be around about 22, 25 metres. And I think other than their two wide players, who are Cavalero and Costa, who scored a brilliant goal against QPR, their second goal was amazing. Um, And Edwards, who who, who drops in from the midfield um, onto the edge of the box and has a tendency to score a lot. Other than that, they don't look as though they have very much... To offer. Mm. Um, their centre half, one of is is Richard Stearman. Is he allowed to play? Who's not good enough to play for us, is not allowed to play against us. And with him out the side, they they didn't look particularly good at all. I think we can take them. I definitely think we can take them. Yeah. The way we're playing right now, it just depends on whether we can keep the composure over that ninety minute period and not get frustrated
0: and hopefully a win will take us higher than tenth place. I was saying to Farrell before the podcast I don't when I go to a game, I don't really check other scores. I did last season when I was kind of working for the club, but that's a bit different i don't I'm in the moment I only care about the game I'm at. I'll find the scores out at the end, unless it's business end of the season yeah. and I'm checking scores from elsewhere uh I updated the BBC sports app went oh well, I wonder how high we are on the table then after a five nil win. And Fulham was still in 10th position without an arrow up or down. So, oh, BC Sports not working. And Farrell said, so he went so far as to check another app as if he <laughs> couldn't quite believe it. So it was, yeah, so it was a know. bit of a strange yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and certainly, I feel like we aren't the te- best team in the league or the. 14th worst team in the league um so far given some of our performances recently and it's been a bit of a strange few weeks in the championship generally newcastle uh, seemingly unstoppable have been beaten in their last two games by the likes of blackburn forest brighton were held down at cardiff who are in the relegation zone at the moment birmingham was thrashed by barnsley admittedly barnsley were good at the start of the season but that's result's come out of nowhere and also a 10 goal swing for fulham over brentford this weekend which is always uh, lovely to report on but certainly this championship season even by championship standards is turning unpredictable
3: it's very tight it's very Mm. tight and there's something like six points between third and 13th or something like that i think we're no we're six points off third sorry and nottingham forest in 13th are two points below us so this there's eight points between Or nine points, maybe between third and 13th, which is unprecedented. Not even like uh, the championships always notoriously tight, but that's like that's unbelievable. There
2: seems to be so many teams just seem to go on like amazing runs of form. I mean, we're on a pretty good run of form, but Derby have now won like five in a row, Forest have run like three in a row. Uh, Leeds have won five of the Where last. Where Leeds six. come from? Yeah, I know Leeds they're...
3: were rubbish. Yeah, like, actually <laughs> now actually they're well, ahead of us. Yeah, they <laughs> were actually. But they're, they're flying. They're in fourth. They absolutely annihilated Villa, and Villa have been playing well. Like yeah. it was one of those. But you know, you look at them and the, the nice, the kind of nice thing about the Newcastle one is, we we'll start with is that they didn't deserve to lose either of those games. They really no, one didn't. Of them, they
1: had nine men in. They
3: had nine men yeah. against Forest. Yeah. Both, they had, both the red cards were questionable both the penalties that were given against them were questionable and they had a goal disallowed which just 100% shouldn't have been disallowed and you know it's nice to to a point to see other teams apart from us dominating games and 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 deserving to win games and not winning and it's a bit sort of reassuring to be honest to, to see it happen to teams like Newcastle and teams like Brighton who just seemed to who just couldn't get through Cardiff and it was one of those that you really expect them to be turning around yeah. and
2: winning. But that, that would have been the surprising one if Brighton I think if Brighton actually won that game, they would have gone top.
3: Yeah. Barring goal difference. Barnsley <laughs> were you know, as you said, they were you know started well and they didn't, you know, then they dropped off and I've really got to say I think that's because uh, Conor became got injured for that middle period and he is an exceptional dead ball specialist and they scored first one was a free kick the second one was his cross from sort of you know a standing sort of start he, like rolled the ball on and then swung one in the third one was a free kick as well so like you know, when you have that kind of delivery and that kind of and your player, and also they scored their last two when Birmingham were down to down to ten. Mm. But when you have that kind of ability in a in, in a in a delivery and in a set in a set piece specialist, you know you're always going to get goals, and there are always going to be games where where things just go your way. And I expect him to see, see him in the island set up very soon, which will be a, an exciting mm. one for me.
2: Are you sure they just weren't devastated from Malone's worldie against them? Oh,
3: yeah, classic. That's, that was it. All, all confidence went straight out of the Barnsley <laughs> camp, and that was
1: that. Uh, one uh, thing we um, have noted from last season's championship is how close it was. Um, but last year, on week 19, so the round of games I believe we're on now, the top six didn't change till the end of the season. This time round, I think, I oh, I definitely feel like we're going to see a lot of change in that top six. Yeah. So there'll be a couple of teams that fall out of it towards the end. There'll be a team that comes, maybe like Crystal Palace did all those years ago, all the way from relegation all the way up to the playoffs on, yeah. on the final few weeks. And, then and go I don't up. think
0: it's beyond doubt. You see a few of the teams mm. that are in the lower halves of the table.
1: Villa. Still, if Villa, yeah. start, Villa, if Villa yeah. start, to click, Villa will. Yeah, Forest still need to click as well. Yeah. They're playing. They've just recently changed their formation from um, a static four-two-three-one to now they're playing three-five-two, uh, and that's really changed. Their, their fortunes recently, so they're looking really also, good. Also with some belongers back, yeah. which is obviously yeah, a massive that thing, for them. thing for Big thing for them.
0: So very exciting this evening. It is one that football fans have in their calendars for much of the year. Uh, it is the FA Cup third round draw. Uh, this has literally been happening whilst we're on air and we don't know the draw yet, even though it happened about 30 minutes ago.
2: Probably still going on.
0: Uh, I think I, I've double checked the draw. I know the draw is over, but I haven't seen... Uh, who we have yet. So I uh, just wondered who you'd potentially like in the third round before we reveal who it is. Jack,
3: any idea who you'd particularly like? Well, I plumped for Charlton because away because I really like the Valley and the Valley is the only ground where you can have a pint while watching the game because their gantries are on the same level as pitch view so you can stand in the entrances mm. and exits and have a pint and watch the start of the second half. Okay, but, so Jack just wants a pint. The problem with that is that, <laughs> Pal- that Charlton aren't through yet and they're in a second-round second replay against MK Dons, which is probably the game I'd like least. Oh, right, oh, yeah. okay. um, <laughs> so, so MK not... Dons
2: is an awful... Even though it's an easy place to get to, as in the town, but the, the stadium is
3: just woeful. I'd like AFC Wimbledon or maybe Crystal Palace away. They're okay. the two games
1: I'd like. Ben? Yeah, I think I'd like, like to go back to Palace again. Um, or... Yeah, Charlton would be a good one, actually. Yeah, Or Leighton Orient. Are they in it still?
0: Uh, I don't know if Leighton Orient's in it. I mean, I did an Leighton Orient early in the season, yeah, so, so, yeah. So, yeah. I, so I, I wouldn't I like that. that. Uh, Farrell, any preferences as to who you want?
2: Uh, I would, well, we'd all go for AFC Wimbledon as well. Um, living that sort of kind of area, I went Sutton United away, that would be nice. Sutton uh,
0: United, that would be that very would romantic. Be nice.
2: um, Eastleigh would be quite quite an easy one to get to, I think. Down in Hampshire, yeah. yeah I've always, a third round draw, I always want a team that we go away to and it's a small team and it's a new stadium that, and it's just quite easy to get to. Generally, it's just something new, and it means that it's quite an easy game
3: as well. I'm a big fan of the North East. I'd quite like a Sunderland away. I know that's the kind of game that everyone would actually hate, but like yeah. with like, I went to uni up there, and with those roots up there, I'd love to go back to <laughs> love to just pop in back to the North East. What
0: about game. a trip up to Cumbria to face Barrow?
3: No, thank you. <laughs> no, I,
0: I mean even that's a bit far. No, <laughs> <laughs> the on nearly on the border of Scotland. And uh, really quickly, who we'd hate in the third rounds?
3: Wolves away, like yeah, someone like Stoke away. Someone anyone in in our league, really, isn't it like that we've played already, or you know, had the away game that I don't really fancy again. Do you know, the one
2: like? that really let, felt me deflated a couple of years ago was when we got Sheffield Wednesday away. I can't yeah. remember if that was last, that year was last year. year before, yeah. I was just like, ugh, we're gonna lose that one, and it's just such a nothing tie.
1: Yeah, I'd I'd hate Sunderland. Reading I hated away when we went up there, even though we got the three away shirts. Oh yeah, with, yeah. that um, with that coach journey. I hated it. It was, a, I hate the team as, as as it is. I don't know why I have this hate for Sunderland, but I just wish they would disappear. I really wish.
3: <laughs> the, uh, the, ben, whole, ben the whole the whole soundbite for the week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: right. Well, uh, let's,
3: let's not Go wait on. any further. Tell us, uh, I can Sammy. tell you
0: who the standout draws are. None of them include Fulham yet. Man United versus Reading. Barrow versus Rochdale. Ooh. Uh, West Ham, Man City, Everton, Leicester, Liverpool versus Newport or Plymouth. And Preston North End versus Arsenal. So I'm going to do Control F and Fulham. Here we go. I'm
2: actually really nervous. Oh, look, Cardiff f- away.
1: Oh. oh, for God's sake! <laughs> oh, that's such an uninspiring. <laughs> thing. That's got a Ricky Lambert 87th minute oh. winner oh. written all right over a Thursday night, si- isn't it as well?
2: Or a Wednesday night? Especially since oh, no, we play. We play like Cardiff away like a few weeks later as well, in like mid
3: February.
0: Yeah. That is possibly as bad as I think it can get.
3: Yeah, that's a disappointing draw.
0: It's just so like, we might be able
3: to win it. That's the, the only. I just you know, caught actually.
0: Uh, Sutton United got AFC Wimbledon. No oh, way. It's no, brilliant. So, right, let's South- all go to that instead. Yeah, yeah well, that, that, that sounds like a much better day out. That's the Fulhamish out.
2: podcast is now Suttonish podcast. <laughs>
0: uh, well, at least that means one of them will be in the fourth round draw. Yeah. Uh, so we can potentially uh, pick that one up. Well, I mean, how important do you think the cup will be this season to Fulham? Uh, do you think Slavice is going to take it particularly seriously? It's one that the fans always do want to do well in, even if potentially no one really sees Fulham winning it or even reaching Wembley. But it's one that I think the fans always want to do well in, isn't it? I mean,
3: like every cup. A good but... run out for the likes of LVC and Cliff. LVC article coming soon this week. Shouts out to Alex Bowman that's going up on Wednesday. Yes,
1: yes, it is. Um, we'd like to think that this time around we aren't taking it particularly serious, given our our form as it currently is in the championship. Surely, we'd like a trip to Wembley to obtain Premier League status, yeah, rather than a trip to Wembley to enter the Europa League in the third round of qualifying. Like I'd rather, I'd rather we went up uh, to Wembley via the, the via the playoffs. But like you say. Brilliant chance to get LVC playing again. Brilliant chance to get Jossabed out of the cupboard and onto the pitch, um, and Sesani as well. I'd like to see him get another run. Abderrahman, cl- Tunnicklyf, you know all these Cabano. players
3: on all these players on the fringes and and looking for a game. I think it's I think it's a good thing. It might get Stevie Humphreys a game. I yeah. think that might be interesting to see what happens. I love. the am not looking-
1: that We jump from Martin to Smith. To Stevie Humphreys, and we completely <laughs> calling him I'm out. I'm
3: sorry, calling needs to go out on loan.
1: Yeah, but I'm really re- sorry
3: about it. The, you know, it's one of those ones that he just needs to go out. On he loan needs a bit of confidence. To to do, I do actually rate
2: him yeah, a little so do bit. I. England's Ronaldo. He's, <laughs> he's uh, he's just got he's got he's got the Andy Johnsons about him. He just pulls defenders this way and that way. He won't get you 20 goals a season, but I don't think that's what he'll be in the team for. I, he never seems to be playing alongside another striker, he always seems to be playing as an all out, like a striker by himself, and I just don't think that's his game.
3: Yeah, I really do think that him going out on loan could be the making of him, and it really could, and it could be a, a brilliant thing for Fulham Football Club to, you know, when we're back in, you know, next season or the season after looking for you know, the striker that's coming in full of confidence young and also likes the club and wants to be a part of it. Mm. And obviously he's friends with all the Fulham camps, so it's kind of a bit one of those tricky ones to be like, oh, I'm I'm not making the team, I'm going to go out. But I think that it could really, really do him some yeah. good. I really do. Unfortunately, in an
2: FA Cup run, you're talking about all these other players, but I don't think Betanelli would even get a shout in. He'll probably end up playing uh, Joranen again,
0: mm.
3: wouldn't he? Mm. Uh, I think now that buttons I think part of that we said at the time was like he wanted a f- straight fight for the you know the number 1 shirt and I think that now that's kind of been established this button it's not like that doesn't look likely to change and even in those you know times where we we're like oh should button be dropped shouldn't he you know it it Bettinelli didn't get in the team I think that now you'll start to see Nelly. I think Nelly will play in that FA cup I really I think. hope so, I hope so Yeah me too I like bets
0: well, we will have to wait and see. At least, I guess, the silver lining is that it is a winnable game in the third round and it could potentially uh, mean a slightly more prolonged FA Cup runners. Uh, it's always disappointing to go out in the third round like we did to Sheffield Wednesday. It feels like your season's a bit incomplete when you don't have a few of those extra games yeah. uh, in January or February. Right, uh, that is time. We are nearly coming to the end of the podcast. Secretary Jack...
3: Uh, What is the title of today's podcast, please? I think we're going to go with, you know, a five goals and a five-card draw. We'll go with a Royal Flush.
0: A Royal Flush. Love it. Brilliant. Okay, well, thank you once again for listening this week. Thank you for joining me again, gentlemen. You're very welcome. welcome. A very big milestone for Fulhamish last week as we broke 10,000 listens over all of our podcasts. Um, we're now averaging over a thousand listens a pod so uh, thank you so much uh, for your continued support if you haven't already go give us a like on facebook it's facebook.com slash fullamishpod and if you haven't already follow us on twitter fullamishpod is where you can find us if you ever want to send us an email maybe you're interested in writing for the
3: website uh, drop us an email fullamishpod at gmail.com or a facebook message or a twitter inbox or anything really just you know shout us out and get involved
0: i'm still on myspace so if you want to get involved on <laughs> uh, then uh, feel free to hit me up. For I think Tom is the only person still on MySpace, isn't he? Yeah, Tom, Tom <laughs> good old creator Tom. <laughs> Tom, met my brother, wasn't <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like. yeah, Tom Ken is the only person on Twitter um, on MySpace on still. MySpace. <laughs> God's sake, Sammy! Right, we'll see you in seven days after the Wolves game. Hope you all have a lovely week. See you guys later. Take it easy. Ta-da. See ya.